0: the Blaze Radio Network On demand
1: This is Pure Apelka
0: with Michael Apelka
1: Only on the Blaze Radio Network
2: Amazing, right? Amazing. America did that. On this date, 1969, Neil Armstrong walked on the moon. And we celebrate that. We should celebrate that. 20 minutes later, after Neil Armstrong walked on the moon, Buzz Aldrin joined him can you imagine? Can you imagine? Hello, friends. Welcome to Pure oh, God! I know. It's an unusual opening to the show today. There's so much going on. But I, I'm just so proud of what this country is able to do. And I want to never forget it. And that's why we look back 1969. It was... It was the strangest summer, I think. And but for that moment, a lot of political fortunes might have changed. America was a very different place, but we still believed we could do unbelievable things, things nobody had dreamed of before. We're gonna talk about that today. We're gonna talk about, well, we'll talk about the news, but we're going to talk about what that moment meant. And uh, I was around. I was 12 years old. I had, I had uh, just turned 12 and was watching that, that moment on TV. I don't think too many people were watching. <laughs> 600 million people around the world tuned in. 600 million people tuned in to watch two Americans... Walk on the surface of the moon. It, it's, a, it's mind-blowing when you think about it, because we don't go there anymore, or we haven't gone there in a while, right? And, and we, we went there because of the courage of a president who, as I've said in the past, would more likely be considered a Republican than a Democrat in today's world, John F. Kennedy. And it was Kennedy on, on uh, May 25th of 1961 speaking to both houses, the joint session of Congress, that the president was asking for more money. He wanted us to take a, a bold approach to the space race that the, the Russians were kicking our butts in. The Russians were way ahead of us. They were ahead of us with Sputnik. They were ahead of us going into orbit with Yuri Gagarin. They were ahead of us with, uh, what was her name, uh, Tereshenko. I have to go back and make sure I got that right. Ludmila Tereshenko the, the first woman in space. We were, we were years behind them on that one. But in, in May 25th of 1961, Kennedy went to Congress and asked for more money to do something pretty bold in the space program. I
3: therefore ask the congress above and
2: beyond the increases i have
3: earlier requested for space activities to provide the funds which are needed to meet the following national goals first i believe that this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before this decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to the earth no single space project in this period will be more impressive to mankind or more important for the long-range exploration of space. And none will be so difficult
2: or expensive to accomplish. Amazing, right? 1961. Kennedy did what many presidents did after that. He went on a, on a campaign-like trail around the country to keep pushing this agenda because it was a considerable amount of money that we as a nation had to uh, expend to try and keep space exploration on track, to try and fulfill his promise. One of my favorite moments was when the president was in Texas, and he, um, this was September 12th, over a year later, continuing to challenge America to this, what, what you might call, at the time, an unbelievable idea, an impossible task. Are you kidding me? We're, we're just circling the planet with our spacecraft. We're orbiting the planet. We're going to go to the moon and back. This is how Kennedy explained it. And he added the reason why.
3: But why some say the moon? Why choose this as our goal? And they may well ask. Why climb the highest mountain? Why, 35 years ago, fly the Atlantic? Why does Rice play Texas? We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard, because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept, one we are unwilling to postpone, and one we intend to win, and the others too.
2: Amazing, right? The way to rally a nation to find the best among us and the best inside all of us, I remember I don't remember that speech. I remember hearing that speech a million times through the years in school and in history classes. But I do remember a hot July night sitting in our uh, family room on the north side of Chicago watching as uh, Neil Armstrong bounded down the steps. Can you imagine what his heart rate was like? Just pounding. He's going to be on the moon. And I'm sitting there with my grandfather. And he was slack jawed. He just said, I can't believe it. I cannot believe it. I said, What, what do you mean you can't believe? It? We're watching it. We're watching it happen right in front of our eyes. He said, We had horses. For transportation growing up and I remember when cars started coming down the streets regularly and I thought that's the greatest thing (laughs) ever so he went from watching horses to watching cars to watching airplanes transport people to now an American was on the moon and a few days later those those Americans would come back and one of the most amazing things that happened that I still couldn't believe after watching these Americans land on the moon. Think about it. Glenn Beck mentioned it earlier. These guys got to the moon with computers that aren't as powerful as your iPhone. And if you saw the movie Hidden Figures, you knew what the space program was working on. That That is an accurate depiction of of the technology that was available. It was pretty much the crudest thing we've got. You would you would be screaming if you had the technology that they had in the 60s, trying to get men into space and back home again. And yet we did it. President Nixon watched the, the moon landing along with uh, me and my grandfather and 600 million other people around the world. And the next day, he followed up with a phone call to the astronauts, which again, blows my mind that in 1969 the president of the United States, from the Oval Office, or as he called it, the Oval Room, was able to call the astronauts live.
4: Hello, Neil and Buzz. I'm talking to you by telephone from the Oval Room at the White House. And this certainly has to be the most historic telephone call ever made from the White House. I just can't tell you how proud we all are of what you have done. For every American, this has to be the proudest day of our lives. And for people all over the world, I am sure that they too join with Americans in recognizing what an immense feat this is. Because of what you have done, the heavens have become a part of man's world. And as you talk to us from the sea of tranquility, it inspires us to redouble our efforts to bring peace and tranquility to Earth. For one priceless moment in the whole history of man, all the people on this Earth are truly one, one in their pride in what you have done and one in our prayers, that you will return safely to Earth.
5: Thank you, Mr. President. It's a great honor and privilege for us to be here, representing not only the United States, but and of peace of all nations, and with interest and a curiosity and and with a vision for the future Uh, honor for us to be able to participate here
4: today and thank you very much and i look forward all of us look forward to seeing you on the hornet on thursday
2: and nixon hung up and the delay is from the time it took to get the signal from earth (laughs) to the moon kind of an amazing thing the sound travels quickly, and but that was 240,000 miles away. I used host privilege today to start the show because I think we're facing, uh, an, as President Obama said when he charged Joe Biden to take over the cancer moonshot, and I'm not giving up on that we're facing the same kind of daunting task at a place that nobody has ever really gone before we haven't we haven't really gotten to landing on cancer and and doing what we did with the moon, bringing people back alive we've made strides, but we haven't fixed it completely. The moon landing was a a an amazing moment in American history, as as Nixon said, uh, a moment for the world. And they landed in the sea of tranquility. And so maybe this is cancer is the next moonshot. Maybe it really is. And maybe it's something that can unite the world. Can you imagine? John McCain's announcement yesterday certainly puts all that into focus, doesn't it? There's more on that topic. There's more on uh, news out of D.C. And yeah, we'll keep up on the O.J. parole hearing, too. But I wanted to take a moment and just kind of wrap the whole idea of the moon landing and what it took for JFK to make that announcement in May of 61 and then to keep the pressure on and to keep the, the cheerleading going throughout 62. And then he unfortunately wasn't around to see it to see Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin bouncing around on the surface of the moon. But he certainly should be given credit for planting the seed that inspired America to that greatness. And all of the things we received from the moon, I don't think we'll ever fully understand from the space program. The benefits that, that, that we got in many different areas of our life. I'm a fan of space and the space program. I, I hope to live long enough to hear that same kind of message come from Mars. And thanks to people like Elon Musk, we might be, we might be making that happen sooner than, than later. Just a wild thought. Michael Pelka on Puro Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Coming up uh, just around the corner. Uh, we should be talking with Mike Lee. Senator Mike Lee uh, is uh, expected to give us a, a ring and talk to us about Freedom Fest and what he's looking at. And uh, we'll hope to get uh, an update on John McCain, even though there are some some uh, stories popping online. And a message from John McCain. He's tweeting again. We'll get to all that just around the corner on Pure Opelka.
0: Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka.
2: On the Blaze
0: Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka
1: on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Um, yeah, I, I did jump on the history early. And if you if you have a comment, if you have a thought, if you remember where you were when we landed on the moon and we watched Neil Armstrong, then followed by Buzz Aldrin, you're welcome to share it, 888 900 3393 Mike Lee around the corner. We're going to talk to Mike about what he's planning on doing at Freedom Fest in Las Vegas. Uh, I'll be joining them tonight and we will be live from Las Vegas tomorrow and Saturday morning. I will be on the air at 6 a.m. East Coast time to 9 a.m., which means I'll be on the air at 3 a.m. Las Vegas time. God willing. I hope. <laughs> Could be a little dicey. Uh, John McCain and the announcement of John McCain's uh, brain cancer. You know, it's it's a shock, but it's done one terrific thing. That I I believe is is so important right now. And it it does appear to be giving everybody, left and right, a little bit of a reality check. When I can turn on MSNBC and hear Rachel Maddow and many of the other opinion hosts on MSNBC talking about John McCain's record and John McCain is a hero and John McCain is a a great American, it, it it makes me smile because we get it. We get it, you strip away everything, all of the stuff we have, all of the D's and the R's and everything else and the differences of opinion we have and the things that we are righteous about and so strident about. Strip away all of that and we're all the same. We all have the same fear, the same concern, the same worry. And to everybody, I I did something I did something I always do, and some of my Blaze colleagues tell me, don't do that. Don't read the comments. Well, I do read the comments. I read the comments in my story, I read the comments in, in other stories. And the comments after John McCain were so awful. If you're you're writing angry comments about an 80-year-old man who was a hero in the war who could have gotten released five and a half years ahead of the time he was finally released, but he chose to stay with his men, a guy who went in his 23rd mission over North Vietnam as a pilot, a fighter pilot, in his 23rd mission... He was shot down. And when he ejected himself from his jet, both his arms and one of his legs was broken. He landed in a lake in Hanoi, and he was captured and tortured for years. He spent two years in solitary confinement. He wanted and tried to kill himself, and they stopped him so they could keep him alive to torture him some more. He came home and served his country in public service. Now, do I agree with everything John McCain has done? No! But my God, he gave things to this nation. So if your first reaction to the news of John McCain's cancer was anything other than sending prayers or well wishes to the Senator, it is you who needs help. It is you who should seek treatment. God bless you, John McCain. I hope this fight is another one you can win. God bless you. We'll be right back.
0: You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. On the
1: Blaze Radio Network.
0: Opelka
2: with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. I've got great news. I was expecting to uh, maybe get him a little later in the hour, but Senator Mike Lee is available and joining us right now. Senator from Utah and the guy Stu Breguer wants to clone at least 100 times. Welcome, Senator.
6: Thank you very much. It's good to be with you.
2: I, I don't know if you've heard about Stu's plan to try and make 100 clones of you, but it's a little disturbing.
6: You know, I'm not sure, <clears throat> not sure it's legal. And um, uh, I, I think there are a number of people who would be very frightened by that. But it's an interesting concept.
2: I think that's his point. His idea is to frighten some people away from doing dumb things. But uh, I, I wouldn't be – I would be helping him hide these illegal activities, I'm just saying. But we'll deal with that another day. Uh, Senator Lee is, uh, is headed to Las Vegas as one of the featured speakers at an event that I'll be attending later today and for the weekend called Freedom Fest. And, and Senator, I have to ask you, did you ever anticipate being on the same bill as William Shatner, Steve Forbes, and John Stossel? It's, it's a very interesting group.
6: Hey, uh, no one should ever rule out anything because interesting alliances can happen from time to time when one believes in freedom.
2: Yeah, I I like this. Are are you going to give us – can you give us a preview of of what you're going to be uh, sharing with the Freedom Fest audience?
6: I'm going to be talking about a variety of subjects, but uh, overall, uh, my message will be consistent with what it normally is, uh, that the American people have benefited to a significant degree as they have respected the limitations placed on government by the Constitution, Uh, The the, the vertical limitation we call federalism, the horizontal limitation we call separation of powers. These are some of the themes that I discuss in my new book called Written Out of History, in which I tell the stories of eight of our forgotten founders, eight founders whose stories have been forgotten or uh, neglected or lost or written out of history as I explain it. Uh, As I explained in that book, when we understand their stories, we can better understand and appreciate limitations on government, including things like the Fourth Amendment, federalism and separation of powers.
2: Well, as a guy who uh, thinks we ought to hand out constitutions as an operating manual to everybody who gets a job in D.C., I'm I'm real happy to hear that. Uh, I didn't I didn't know about the uh, forgotten founders, but I love stories like this. Uh, It's only out since May. So it's only been out, I guess, a month now.
6: Yeah, it came out May 30th, uh, uh, written out of history. You, you can find it at, uh, at Amazon or MikeLeadBook.com, pretty much anywhere books are sold. Uh, okay. But uh, it, it's a great book. It was a New York Times bestseller, and uh, I, I think your audience would enjoy it.
2: Well, I hope so. I, th- I think they will. Now, in can can we talk a little bit about D.C. while I got you here for a couple more sure minutes? Of course of course. Uh, yesterday's luncheon with the president and, and his... Um, suggestion that nobody go away until a health care bill gets put together or progress happens on health care. I know there was a working group working last night. Is there any progress to report?
6: Uh, Look, we we had some off the record conversations between members last night. I'm not at liberty to say uh, what anyone else said, because uh, uh, that's going to be up to them. I'll tell you what I've been advocating for, uh, not just in the last 24 hours, but for Uh, 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 for many months been talking about the fact that we do need to repeal Obamacare. Uh, If we can't repeal all of it, we need to repeal what we can of it, and we need to repeal it in a way that brings about real meaningful reform in the marketplace, such that hardworking American families in the middle class can get a break on these uh, really high health insurance premiums they've been paying, premiums that have been made artificially high by the government's interference in the free market economy. And that's the sort of relief we need to supply that can be supplied by, among other things, the the, the full strength version of the consumer freedom amendment.
2: You know, Senator, you're not going to find a bigger supporter of the free market than I. Um, You're you're not going to find anyone who who would screaming, cheerleading you guys to get rid of it, repeal it and then eventually replace it. But the CNN poll they just just sent out says 35% of Americans say don't do anything leave it alone 34% say repeal and replace and 18% support a repeal and eventually replace those numbers uh, kind of put the the American public in a frozen state too and uh, how do we get the opinion back and how do we get people to realize your premiums are skyrocketing your coverage is dropping And it's not doing what it was supposed to do there. There seems like there's a feeling that they're afraid to lose anything the government has given them, even if it stinks on ice.
6: Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why we need to continue to reiterate that rights are things the government can't do to you. They're not things the government must provide for you. And when we try to pretend otherwise, bad things happen. It always ends in tears. And so even though there may be some people who have been fooled into thinking that more government action or perpetuated existing government action will help them, uh, experience has in fact taught us the opposite. I also think it's important for the Republican Party to continue to stand by what basically every Republican who has campaigned for federal office in the last seven years has promised, which is to repeal Obamacare.
2: Well, after the president made the point yesterday at the lunch and you know saying and you know he, he called out heller right there in front of god and everybody uh do you do you think there's there's a snowball's chance in hell this this vote happens next week on whether or not we're going to move forward on repeal
6: sure i wouldn't i i wouldn't rule out anything at this point this is a, a rapidly moving environment and it's uh the one in which things could change in such a way as to to bring about um, uh, enough support for it to pass. What I know is that I, I've announced what I expect out of this. Uh, that expectation hasn't yet been met, but I, I'm still trying to get there, I, I, and I'm still going to continue to encourage my colleagues uh, to support repeal in whatever form we can achieve it.
2: Well, I, I will stand by repeal. I'll stand by repeal and replace. I just know the end game of Obamacare is not good for any of us, even— even those of us in the best situation. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Senator. And wh- what's the latest on John McCain? I know you're probably not on the telephone tree on the McCain uh, BFFs, but have you heard any any updates on his condition aside from his tweet?
6: Um, no, no, not since then. And I, I was with uh, about twenty of my colleagues last night when the news broke. We were all saddened. Uh, there were some tears shed and. We broke right there and offered a prayer. Uh, uh, Senator James Lankford from Oklahoma, who was a, a minister, uh, said the prayer for us, and uh, our thoughts and our prayers continue to go out to John, Cindy McCain, and their family.
2: Yeah, the, it, not to not to tie politics and his health together, but does McCain's absence slow things down as well on the on the plans or hopes to repeal and/or replace Obamacare?
6: Uh, But I I just don't know. I I don't know uh, whether his condition is such that he'll be able to travel uh, sometime in the near future. It it has the potential to impact it, but I don't know that it necessarily will.
2: Well, in in my opinion, I'd love for you guys all to be able to spend more time at home and less time in D.C. and still be able to vote remotely. But I'm a dreamer. I dream of things like this. So. Hey, that's
6: that's a brilliant idea, and there, there are a number of people who would support you in that. I'll, a chief among them, my wife. She would love that. <laughs>
2: well, good. Good. Um, so I, I, I don't know when uh, you're going to be in Las Vegas. I'll be there tonight. I hope to see you. if you're around, come by Radio Row, or I'll try and find you when you're speaking. But I certainly appreciate you. Uh, sharing some time with us and talking about Freedom Fest and fighting for the Constitution constantly. Thank you, sir.
6: Hey, thank you very much. It's good to talk to you. Ta-
2: take care. Mike Lee, senator from Utah, and one of the guys that, uh, gosh, I wish there were more people who thought like him. They are calmer voices, quieter voices, people who don't seem to be rushing to the camera at every turn. Uh, it's all about actually doing their job. And his latest book, Senator Mike Lee, Written Out of History, The Forgotten Founders Who Fought Big Government. Who knew? Aaron Burr, Mercy Otis Warren. There's a, there's a bunch in there, but uh, you can find it everywhere online. Mike Lee, Written Out of History. Thank you, Senator Lee. And we will be right back.
0: You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. On the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka.
2: Welcome back. Before we dive into it, um, I, I have a, a question for you. I, have you bought life insurance? I was looking for life insurance, and I was astounded by how, how little common sense was involved in how life insurance was priced. And then almost as if out of nowhere came this new sponsor, HealthIQ.com. HealthIQ.com slash Blaze is a place where you can go and get a great quote on life insurance from a major carrier, but here's the here's the kicker. It's it's based on your health consciousness and your health knowledge, and if you go to healthiq.com/blaze and take their little online test, it's a bunch of questions that uh, talks about your health IQ, and we get to see how much you know, and you get a score, and then they put you into a conversation with one of their people if you want to go further. You don't have to do it right then. It can happen later. And you talk about how you live your life, and they will get you a quote based on your health IQ. Brilliant idea. It used to be just your gender and your age, and now it's all about it could be everything from uh, what's your mile time, how fast can you run a mile, to how well do you eat, do you avoid cigarettes, etc. So good deal. No. Great deal. Yes. I I I was quoted a deal from a major carrier that once it finally comes through, I'm gonna happily leap upon it. So get the free quote for yourself. HealthIQ.com slash blaze. HealthIQ.com slash blaze. Find out. Protect your family and do it for a smart price with a big company. HealthIQ.com slash blaze. Check it out. All right. Now, trying to keep an eye on everything that's going on. The parole board in uh Nevada, Carson City, Nevada is getting ready to hear from OJ Simpson after the top of the hour. Here's the thing. I was I was monitoring this case. And again, if if you or I were coming up for parole in the same situation as OJ Simpson. I'm guessing it's a no brainer if we were model model uh, inmates didn't cause any problems we'd served almost nine years you're up for parole I think they'd want to say you've been good get out but since it's OJ Simpson and we all know or at least we believe he did kill his his former wife Nicole and Ronald Goldman I think Most of us kind of agree on that, right? My father still thinks it was his or did think it was O.J.'s son and O.J. took the took the fall. I'm sorry, Dad. I know you're in heaven, but I don't believe that. So we'll see that. But I posted a vital question on this very topic. Where do you stand on the uh, O.J. Simpson parole, which a lot of us are talking about, apparently, because it is the uh, top trending topic on Twitter as we speak currently. The uh, vital question of the day, 49% of you believe O.J. will be paroled. I think he he would be paroled if he weren't O.J. Simpson. But I think there's still a a chance that he could get told no. 34% of you say no, he should not be paroled, he will not be paroled. And 17% of you, a very healthy number of you are going, I really don't know, I got no idea here. But I, I'd like to know what you think, and you can you can answer on the Twitter as the poll is currently up. There's one hour left. It should it should basically wrap up as the uh, parole hearing's wrapping up. Here's the weird thing: uh, the parole board, the prisons in Nevada are so crowded. The parole board meets every single day. Talk about a job of with job security. Every single day they meet. So uh, this is a busy, a busy gig. Now, um, OJ Simpson is not going to be in front of the parole board live. He is going to be basically Skyping it in. It's going to be a video link that will tie him into the, uh, the parole hearing. So they need a unanimous decision, apparently, from the four people on the parole board there are two men and two women and then um if they if they need to vote they have monitors as well but the four people will decide whether or not oj simpson gets out of prison and gets a lucrative tv contract this fall because you know there will be a reality series and if he's out if he gets if he gets paroled you know where he's going he will be going to florida no not to search for the killer ha ha but he's going to Florida because his assets any of them that he will earn will be protected and the 33 million dollars that he still owes to the family of Ronald Goldman will be protected nobody will be able to get any of any of whatever money he is making or has made because that's a uh, a state that will not allow you to come after someone's assets like that so O.J. Simpson about to face off with the parole board. We'll keep you posted on that. And there's some, there's some other stuff going on in D.C. that we have to share with you. We'll get into, uh, let's see, health care, and why is Corey Lewandowski obsessed with Melania Trump's looks? Come on back. We'll find out.
0: Pure Opelka
1: with Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. (laughs) This is Pure Opelka
0: with Michael Pelka
1: only on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: All right second hour of the show today uh much going on and and we will um we'll keep you posted on any breaking news oj so simpson is now seated in front of the four-person parole board uh he's he's on video with them and and they have a return feed as he is in the Lovelock correctional facility in Lovelock, nevada and the parole board is up in carson city and uh, they're astounded by all the attention on the 70-year-old wife-beater alleged murderer who is now a convicted kidnapper and, uh, and serving a 33-year sentence that he's almost served nine years of. So interestingly enough, while we're in the break, CNN's Jeffrey Toobin, who, uh who has considerable legal experience, said... He believes O.J. Simpson is guilty of murder and should be serving life in prison and uh, will probably have done enough to earn release in Nevada based on the laws of that state. He was found guilty, I think it was uh, on the exact anniversary date of, the, of the, either the killing or, or the initial time that he was found guilty. Not to be guilty of of killing Nicole and Ron Goldman, Nicole Simpson, his ex, and and Ronald Goldman, the guy that was uh, unfortunately delivering glasses back to Nicole Brown after she left him at a restaurant. So it's still a gigantic tragedy, but the the hearing is is just begun, and the the woman who is the chair of this four-person board has kind of warned everybody that her questions are going to be lengthy. So I don't think we should be taking this live right away. There's just going to be a lot going on. We'll We'll update you as things happen. You can still take the poll though. there's an hour left on the poll and uh, in in that poll, we hope to figure out whether or not you think OJ will be released. I do. Uh, And currently, let's let's double check on things, because currently we were we were pretty darn close when we when we looked at this earlier. And of course, now the the polling data has uh, slogged down for us. So uh, it was it was almost 50 percent of you believed that O.J. was getting getting allowed, was going to be allowed to be released. Now, he's not he's not going to be if they if they give him parole, they don't just open the door and throw him out. What they do is they schedule a date where he will be eligible to leave the facility. And that would be October 1st of this year. So 50% of you say, yes, he will be paroled. 33% say no. And 17%, of course, are saying, oh, I don't know. Yesterday on this program, I told you what I believed was the real reason Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin had the second meeting at the G20. I, I really believe I nailed it. When I talked about the fact that Trump's wife, Melania, was sitting ne- next to Vladimir during the uh, dinner. And Donald Trump being uh, an alpha and Vladimir Putin being an alpha and Melania Trump being a, a, an attractive woman, the two alphas were both making sure that they had the attention Of the attractive female. Now here's here's an interesting sidebar to all of this. And and here's why I believe I'm 100% right that this was Donald Trump jealous because there was too much fun going on between Melania and Vladimir. There was too much fun. Too much fun. Is that Melania speaks five languages, one of which is German. Vladimir Putin speaks German, and they were, I'm guessing, the two of them were speaking to each other in German and having a good old time laughing, and it was driving Donald crazy. And I also believe it was Vladimir's intention to do so. He was trolling the Trumpster. Just saying. And then there is the story, the, the sidebar story here in all this. Corey Lewandowski... You know, the guy that was tied up with the uh, Trump campaign early on. He was the I think he was the first campaign manager. Corey Lewandowski was on Fox and Friends. He seems to have an obsession with Melania Trump's looks. How many times does Corey Lewandowski mention Melania Trump is uh, either beautiful or very attractive?
3: 40 people uh, were at that dinner. Obviously, the, the 20 G20 leaders and their spouses our best representative who is stunningly beautiful and incredibly intelligent sat next to Vladimir Putin at the request of the German Chancellor she had a conversation with Vladimir Putin it was her dinner partner for you know a few hours big deal and then you know what the president did our president he got up and he walked over and he saw his beautiful wife the First Lady of the United States and he had a conversation with her how is this you know a fake how is this anything other than the President of the United States going over and seeing the First Lady who by the way Speaks five languages, is incredibly beautiful, and is incredibly intelligent, and is a great representative of our country.
2: Is it me, or is he just a little obsessed? Is that a little disturbing, that three times within a 45-second or 43-second window, Corey Lewandowski was talking about just how incredibly beautiful the first lady is? Ah, just a little uncomfortable with all that. All right, stepping aside, yesterday we talked to Dr. Jorge on the phone in our regular Wellness Wednesday uh, segment on this program. We like to talk about your health and your fitness every single Wednesday. Eh, We'll talk about it any time, but Dr. Jorge shows up on Wednesdays, Wellness Wednesdays, and uh, I think someone's on the phone. Who's on the phone with us this, uh, this afternoon regarding Wellness Wednesdays? Julie, Julie, welcome to uh, Pure Pelka. How are you?
7: I'm fine. How are you? It's great, I'm great to talk to you.
2: Well, it's it's my pleasure. I appreciate you guys being there, and especially when you take time. Now, you were listening to Dr. Jorge yesterday. Is that what I'm understanding?
7: Well, I've been listening for a while, both my husband and I, when we we're not working. And I, this high fructose corn syrup has become a running theme uh, with with uh, Dr. Jorge and and at first when I started listening to Dr. Jorge I kind of he was always in the background you and him were talking and then my ears perked up because he started mentioning this substance that was in our foods and I'm like oh I've been I had a foot injury because I'm athletic and I was off off my foot I'm in a hiking club and 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 I couldn't walk and I was a runner like you I was a runner and then I decided to go into hiking, and I was I've been laid up, and now I'm better, but then I was like gaining this weight, and it's like forty pounds, and I'm so frustrated, and I, I wanted my metabolism to kick up, and I was like, "What is the trick? What have I done because I was a fitness instructor as well, and the secret and was this stuff, the substance was in my food, in all our food,
2: yeah
7: I started looking at all the ingredients, and I about passed out. It's in everything.
2: What I, Julie I is talking about... Me. Well, well, Julie, let me, let me share just a, a little bit here. What Julie's talking about is something really, really interesting, and it's high fructose corn syrup. And uh, H, HFCS is what it's uh, abbreviated. But if you will look at all of the foods you have in your home... And look at the ingredients. If it has high fructose corn syrup in it, it's a bad idea. And I'll tell you, my individual, I, we, Dr. Jorge and I have known each other for a decade, and we have been talking about high fructose corn syrup for a decade. And what it what it is is a sweetener, obviously made from from corn, and it's super cheap for the companies to use. It is. The cheapest sweetener you can find, but it's also horrible for you. And I think it's been around for, I think, about four decades now. I think you see uh, what I call the thickening of America, directly related to high fructose corn syrup, because it is everywhere, and it's, it's sugar that doesn't break down the same way natural sugars do. It's sugar that, that doesn't do the same thing that pure cane sugar does, that honey does, you know, I'm trying to get off sweeteners myself, but I do, I'm not going to lie. I love a little sweetness in my tea or, or just anywhere. So it's, it's one of those things, Julie, that when years ago I noticed if I would drink a soda, a Coca-Cola or any soda that has high fructose corn syrup, I develop a tickle cough almost instantly And it is—it's so irritating. And I'll tell you, it—it's the same kind of cough that Hillary Clinton has. And uh, when when she's out on the campaign trail, and you hear the (coughs) right, and it's something she can't stop. I took high fructose corn syrup out of my personal food chain, and
7: it it is completely. I've lost thirteen pounds in a month. Wow, that's amazing. That's all I changed. That's all I've changed, that and trans fats, because that was easy to do. We don't eat out. I don't drink soda. And I have no more sugar cravings. It's not that. We're, I And I do eat peanut butter, but I eat organic peanut butter. I'm not a bread eater. I don't eat, you know, it was, I'm here, I had all this healthy, this other healthy stuff, like vitamins and certain natural herbs and everything, and and I was, sabotaging myself throughout this whole thing with high fructose corn syrup and it's in powdered items like if you have hot chocolate it's in that it's in it's in uh over you know just regular peanut butter that you you have to read all the labels you can't assume it's not in stuff it's in all your condiments you have to get the stuff without it
2: well here's julie here's an interesting thing canada won't allow it most like. European countries won't allow it. I think Mexico doesn't allow it. And I do, I, I got to admit, I'm weak. I like a soda. I will, I will go and buy the Coca-Cola that comes from Mexico because Absolutely. it has cane, cane sugar in it. And mm-hmm. I will have that Coca-Cola before I will drink an American Coca-Cola or a soft drink with high fructose corn syrup. I, I'll deal with the sugar, And I'll find a way to burn it out of my system. But what you bring up is so important. It's in ketchup. Why is high fructose corn syrup in my
7: ketchup? Yes, you can buy it. You have to read the labels. You can look and it'll say no high fructose corn syrup. You can find it in. You can find it without it in like certain uh, syrups. You know, like pancake syrups, you can find. You have to really be a a consumer who's aware. And the more people who do this, the more that the you have to buy it. You have to use your pocketbook because the more that's the only way to prevent this from being used in our system, in our in our economy, is to to force it out of the system.
2: Well, because, we're slowly but surely doing it, but I will tell you and everyone else listening that high fructose corn syrup is so, it's, it's more entrenched in our foods mm-hmm. than Obamacare is in our health care. <laughs> and it's been there for four decades. And oh, in order to get it out, we're going to need everybody screaming about it. But the, the I, biggest I way to do it is it. to not yes. buy it. If you don't but buy it, gu- guess what? I want to thank yeah.
7: you and I want to thank Dr. Jorge for bringing it to my attention because I, I I I know it's such a simple thing but I wasn't you woke me up to it because that was just that was the I knew there was a, a switch in my metabolism and you guys were it. You were well, it. You, you stayed you, you I know you were gonna say oh shucks and all oh, it wasn't me but it was, it was you too. If I had not had the radio on and didn't listen to Wellness
2: Wednesday.
7: Well, I would I appreciate that it. I, I,
2: I appreciate that, but the, keep spreading the word on this because I, am, I will tell do- you
7: when I go to my doctors.
2: Good, good. The when I look system. at when I look at kids today, and I don't mean to be the old guy saying kids today. When I look at kids today, <laughs> I see kids getting thicker and thicker, and it's I thicker equate and it thicker. to sedentary lifestyles and high fructose corn syrups. Yep. So if, if we can get both of those changed, we'll get kids and America better again. But, Julie, I, I thank you so much. I hope you're yep. back out hiking in Tennessee because oh, it's ab- a beautiful yes, state. I mean,
7: except for the heat. The heat is just unbearable today and tomorrow. We're in a heat alert. And I want to say one more thing about this high-fructose corn syrup. It does cause a brain fog. I, I would have been reading up on it, and prior to me, You know, completely getting it out of my system. I always felt foggy, and I it it, my energy levels back.
2: Well, that's good. Yeah, very good.
7: I'm I'm telling you, you keep up the Wellness Wednesdays with Dr. Jorge.
2: Well, we will. And and thank you for. If you'll be there, we'll be there. Thank you so much. I'm
7: there. All right.
2: (laughs) i I gotta take a break i gotta pay some bills this is pure opelka come on back
0: you're listening to pure opelka with mike opelka on the blaze radio network You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike
1: Opelka. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Welcome back to Pure Opelka. got to share a story with you. Uh, O.J. Simpson is currently in front of a parole board via video. He's, he is in front of a camera at the Lovelock Correctional Center in Lovelock, Nevada. And he is speaking via camera to the four-person parole board back in Carson City, Nevada, if they vote unanimously to parole O.J. Simpson, he will be released October 1st after serving almost nine years for kidnapping and theft, a couple other charges, of a 33-year sentence. And many people believe O.J. Simpson killed his ex-wife, Nicole Brown Simpson, and Ronald Goldman uh, so, so many years ago. But O.J. Simpson killed something else. And I don't even know if anybody really is aware of it. The O.J. Simpson trial, when it was carried live on television, it was the biggest thing on television. And it, and it had all of the elements that you would want in a major TV show. It had fame with a a television and movie personality who also happened to be a big name athlete. It had fortunes because these people had wealth. It had sex and drugs, and like I said, fame. And it had the mystery behind it because there were so many questions that that were floating out there about this killing. It had the low-speed car chase. It had O.J. with A.C. Green driving the car, the white Bronco that was covered from the helicopters. It was covered live. During a an NBA playoff game, they were projecting the car chase on the scoreboard in Madison Square Garden. That's how big this was. But the trial that went on for so long and was carried live on network television before all of, all of this cable explosion happened. And what O.J. Simpson's trial gave people in the daytime was the ultimate soap opera. And at the time O.J. Simpson and his trial were happening, I believe there were more than 14 daily soap operas on network television. But soap operas can't have real people. They can't have real characters. They all had to be made up. So it was all fantasy. But the O.J. Simpson trial gave us sex, drugs, fame, intrigue, mystery, weird characters. It was the greatest soap opera on television. And after the trial ended, the numbers for soap operas never came back. I think there are two, maybe three soap operas left on TV and a lot of judge shows. And you can put the television pivot point right back on the O.J. Simpson trial. O.J. killed soap operas, too. Trust me, I know. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. During the break, uh, of course, I've been watching uh, inmate number 1027820 in front of the parole board in Carson City, Nevada. The inmate, of course, O.J. Simpson. And uh, Mr. Simpson is trying to make the case for himself to be paroled and set free after eight and a half years in prison and, and it's, uh, he's serving a 33-year sentence for kidnapping, etc. I explained before we went to break how O.J. had killed soap operas. And it, it truly was a devastating shot. And it also birthed the courtroom TV explosion, which is part of the reality TV explosion. O.J. was the ultimate reality show. You had a, a, a real-life crime and trial right there on your screen every single day. It totally destroyed soaps. Uh, To give you an idea, I believe the number I was quoted before the O.J. Simpson trial, the total profits of the soap operas were bigger than the total revenues eventually, five years after the decline in soap operas. And part of that is also because of uh, the change in the workforce, there were so many people who had gone to work. There were fewer um, housewives and more more women in the workplace over a, a decade period. But there is the spike in the courtroom reality shows. The Judge Judy's, the Judge Mathis, the Judge whomever. So uh, O.J. killed soap operas. But we're watching this, and, and there were some... Uh, Some interesting moments, a little screw up early as the parole board commissioner is trying to verify for the record who O.J. Simpson is. He has to approve his his signature. Yeah, that's my signature. I signed those documents. He has to uh, he has to verify his age. And this is where it got silly.
8: And we have that you are currently well, very recently turned 90 years old.
9: 90.
8: I'm sorry about that. You look great.
5: How about we take two decades off and call you
4: 70?
2: O.J. Simpson is, in fact, 70 years old. So think about it. O.J. Simpson and Donald Trump, pretty much the same age. Trump's 71 now, but they're the same age. O.J., despite the fact that he's in prison... Appears to be in a little better shape than the president, but that's a different topic altogether. Simpson did talk about the encounter, and he, he now has been saying that uh, he, he made very bad decisions and uh, he has apologized to the state and the people of the state. But he did talk about the parole to the parole board uh, that he's never been accused of pulling a weapon on anybody.
5: I'm no danger to pull a gun on anybody. <laughs> you know, I never have in my life. I've never been accused of it in my life. Uh, nobody's ever accused me of pulling any weapon on them. And Bruce, Bruce knows that I would never do that. I, I never have. Um,
2: I- Bruce is the guy that O.J. Simpson now says is his friend. And, and he's a, a guy that Mr. Simpson has said uh, has supported him now. And that's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. O.J. Simpson and the guy that he he had the dust-up with, the guy who had the gun held on him by one of O.J.'s associates, has come out and said that he should be set free, that they are apparently uh, buddies now. Now, here's I don't have this quote pulled yet, but during the course of the testimony, O.J. said, To the parole board I've basically lived a conflict-free life I'm sorry but mr. Simpson if you are a guy who has um, been accused of domestic violence if you are a guy who has been uh, caught up in domestic violence with your now ex-wife now deceased wife Um, I don't think you get to say you've lived a conflict free life. You know, he may have been a a pretty decent prisoner in terms of uh, how he's behaved in this correctional facility over the eight years. But uh, a conflict free life? No, no, you're not. You're not the next U.N. ambassador, O.J. Simpson. No, that that doesn't work that way. We'll keep an eye on this to see if any other uh, statements are out of it. I I think they're anticipating this to be done before the top of the next hour, and I don't know how quickly the board votes. It seems like it should be pretty cut and dried based on the time. Although there is that story on the blaze that speculates on whether or not O.J. Simpson being caught um, pleasuring himself by a guard— could upset his chances of being released. I, I don't even want to get too far into it. The Jeff Fisher Show will handle this on Saturday, I'm sure, if Jeffy hasn't brought it up as a topic with Pat and Stu. But uh, I'm just saying the O.J. Simpson trial, uh, the um, not trial, the parole hearing goes on apace, and we will see what happens. We'll, we'll monitor what happens with that. Uh earlier today Glenn Beck was talking about a story and I don't know if they got to this uh the complete um the complete breakdown of this but he was talking about the BBC and how the BBC and and the government controlled media has put restrictions on the makeup of shows in other words Are the television shows reflecting properly the people of England? And for example, they were talking about how many gay roles, how many uh, black, white, Asian roles must must be out there. Well, this actually happened just a little over a year ago that the BBC decreed that one-sixth of all on-screen roles on BBC Productions must go to lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, or disabled people by 2020. So the, the, the British government, I almost said Canadian government, because the Canadian media has some interesting restrictions as well. But in this case, it's the British government. The British Broadcasting Company has decreed that there are these new diversity pledges. And they have to have a representation of ethnic minorities that they, they have a target for that of 15%. But they also say half of all the BBC roles on screen and broadcasting roles will go to women. So that's not a target like the LGBT and disabled people must constitute 8% of roles. So one in every six people in starring roles or or dominating roles on BBC television, one in every six, or eight percent total, must be gay, lesbian, or disabled by 2020. So they've got to they've got to do things. And this came up as a result of the statement that it's time for um, the next James Bond to be Jane Bond or female Bond. I don't know. I I. I happen to believe that the free market will decide actors and, and actors alone should be able to. You know what? I wonder if Daniel Day-Lewis would be able to play the role he played in My Left Foot today. Would they allow that to happen? Or would they mandate that the role be given to a person who had the same malady? I don't know. I I think that when you put quotas like this on top of a creative outlet, I think you run the risk of absolutely killing it. You you run the risk of destroying the creativity. How how do you feel about shows like Blackish on A B C or networks that carry predominantly ethnic broadcasting? Are, are we going to have the same kind of quotas here in America? Are we going to be told that you have to have X number of roles filled by this kind of person? And, and if so, will that just have networks looking for people who fill only the ethnicity but may not have or the handicap or the gender confusion role uh, and, and they won't have the experience as an actor? Once again, good actors will get the short end of the stick. I think this is a dangerous precedent. The BBC thinks it's a great idea. And I'm sure there's a movie being made now about an actor who's pretending to be gay so they can get a part because the quota needs to be filled. It's going to be a romantic, a rom-com with the straight actor pretending to be gay to get the role and then having to sneak around his fans living a secret closeted heterosexual life, right? Hilarity ensues. Come on, BBC. You're better than this. I just wonder, what would that have done in hindsight to all the great BBC shows like Downton Abbey? What would it have done? just asking the question michael Opelka stepping aside when we get back oh boy there's some silliness around the corner i'll share it with you next i'm pure opelka
0: you're listening to pure opelka on the blaze radio network
2: You're
1: listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Welcome back. Uh, let me remind you, uh, there is still time. There is still time to get the three-week quick start pack for Relief Factor for just 1995. I started using Relief Factor on uh, April 7th. On April 15th, I stopped using over-the-counter pain relief for the pain in my knees and my hips and my neck. And guess what? It continues today. I, I am using Relief Factor. It's all natural. It is a combination of fish oils and things like turmeric, spices, that actually go to work to reduce naturally the inflammation in my joints. And suddenly the pain is gone. Well, it took eight days, but most people seven to ten days. Thousands of people have gotten their life back. Thousands of people are like me, back out in the garden, back out on the golf course, back playing with the kids, whatever you're doing, because they tried Relief Factor. Get the three-week quick start pack now. Get your life back. If you want to know more, call them at 800-500-8384, 800 800-500- 500 83 84 or you can go to relieffactor.com you'll see it i i love the quick start pack because it's already packaged for me and i just throw it in my my computer bag breakfast lunch and dinner i've got my relief factor and i don't have to worry about it and all i worry about is how much i'm going to try and do today relieffactor.com keeping an eye on the oj simpson uh, parole hearing i thought I thought this statement he made just a few minutes ago was um, pretty darned interesting.
5: I've, uh, you know, I right now I'm at a point in my life where all I want to do is spend time with my, as much time as I can with my uh, children and my friends, and uh, and uh, I'm not looking to be involved with the media. I've had so many offers uh, for interviews when I've been here in, in Lovelock, and I've turned them all down. I'm not interested in it. And, in any of that. Uh, I've done my time. You know, I've done it as well and as respectfully as I think anybody can. I think if you talk to the wardens, them they'll tell you I've been there. I, I, I gave them my word. I believe in the jury system. I've honored their verdict. I have not complained for nine years. All I've done is try to be helpful and uh, encourage the guys around there. Hey, man, do your time. Uh, fight in court. And don't do anything that's going to extend your time. And that's the life I've tried to live because I want to get back to my kids and my family.
2: Interesting statements there that O.J. Simpson says he he doesn't really want the spotlight. He doesn't want to be involved in any any media projects. I am betting. I am betting that we will see a media. If O.J. Simpson is released... October 1st will be the launch of the O.J. Simpson reality show. It it just to say otherwise is to deny the truth. So, O.J., you're saying all the things that everybody wants you to say, but I I don't think anyone's fooled. But I also don't think that kind of a statement is going to hold you back from being given that uh, parole that you're you're pitching. Uh, they, I think they're wrapping up statements, closing statements, and maybe we'll hear it today. You know, if I if I were this um, parole board, they're getting a lot of TV time. I'll bet you that they milk this just a little bit more. You think? Just a little bit longer. Well, we will see. O.J.'s daughter, the uh, oldest one, spoke briefly and made a prepare state prepared statement. But it it was uh, it was just saying that, you know, her dad is the rock in the center and her best friend and all that stuff. What you would expect a child to say. I don't think we're going to her statement is not going to affect them. He followed the law in the prison. He didn't complain uh, for the if they just base it on the crime, he's out. If they base it on the fact that he killed his ex wife and Ron Goldman, I think he's going to stay in there for the full 33 years, but we'll see. When we come back, John McCain update and a couple more on Russia next on Pure Opelka.
0: Pure Opelka
1: with Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Pure Pelka
0: with Michael Pelka
1: only on the blaze radio network.
2: It is the third hour of Pure uh, Puro Pelka today and a busy day. It is one, uh, everything we can and everything we are able to, as we've got like seven different feeds coming in. I, I've kept up with most of the O.J. Simpson hearing that's been going on for, with the parole board, and uh, it's certainly amazing to see how far O.J. Simpson's life has fallen from when he was one of the one of the great football players in the entire country, from a Heisman Trophy winner to an NFL star to a an analyst to a movie star. And then to an accused double murderer that most people believe committed the crime, found guilty of it in a a criminal, a civil court, while not in a criminal court. Kind of amazing, isn't it? And now here he is, after nine, almost nine years behind bars, basically begging for his freedom. And he's. 70 years old now, been in that cell and in that prison for, like I said, almost nine years. Wow. Amazing how far he's fallen. The, the vital question poll, which I believe just wrapped up, we posted uh, late yesterday during the show, late yesterday. What do you think will happen today? Do you think that uh, O.J. Simpson will be released and 50% of you there's still 40 minutes left in the poll. 50% of you said, yes, I think he will be paroled. 33% said no, and 17% cannot make up your damn minds. So there you go. Earlier today, I spoke with Senator Chris Coons, uh, did not record it. We talked about Senator John McCain and the announcement that John McCain has a uh, glioblastoma, a fairly aggressive form of cancer. And I talked earlier in the show at my disgust for anybody who would use this announcement of John McCain's cancer to attack him or to say anything other than we pray for you, Senator McCain. You really are scum if you if you can't find the drop of compassion in your heart to say a prayer for John McCain or at least send a good thought to his family. Lindsey Graham got very emotional, and and why shouldn't he? John McCain is one of of Lindsey Graham's better friends in the whole wide world. Lindsey Graham said this last night. Talked to John, said, yeah,
3: I'm gonna have to stay here a little bit longer, take some treatments, and I'll be back. And uh, we talked about five minutes, you know, it's gonna be a tough way forward, but he says, I've been through worse. And basically, then we started talking about healthcare and the NDA. Literally, it wasn't five minutes until he turned away from what I think most people would have a hard time absorbing and focused on what he loves the best. So pray. Uh, I don't know. God knows how this ends, not me. But I do know this. This disease has never had a more worthy opponent.
2: This disease has never had a more worthy opponent. You know, Lindsey Graham getting emotional. It, it's a powerful statement here from Lindsey Graham. And what, what a great friend to have, somebody who, in the, the depths of, of your despair and probably his concerns for you, can face those cameras and say stuff like that. So thank you, Lindsey Graham. Thank you, John McCain. John McCain, tweeting that he will be back. His daughter, Megan McCain, released a statement via Twitter that says, the news of my father's illness has affected every one of us in the McCain family. My grandmother, mother, brother, sister, and I have all endured the shock of the news, and, and now we live with the anxiety about what comes next. It is an experience familiar to us, given my father's previous battle with cancer, and it is familiar to countless American families whose loved ones are also stricken with the tragedy of disease and the inevitability of age. If we could ask anything of anyone now, it would be the prayers of those of you who understand this all too well. We would be so grateful for them. It won't surprise you to learn that in all of this, the the one of us who is most confident and calm is my father. He is the toughest person I know. The cruelest enemy could not break him. The aggressions of political life could not bend him. So he is meeting this challenge as he has every other. Cancer may affect him in many ways, but it will not make him surrender. Nothing ever has. My love for my father is boundless. And like any daughter, I cannot and do not wish to be in a world without him. Kind of a tough thing to have to admit to the whole world, right? She goes on to say, I have faith that those days remain far away. Yet even in this moment, my fears for him are overwhelmed by one thing above all. Gratitude for our years together and the years still to come. He is a he is a Americans of our age. So I'm, I'm sure she meant he is a, an American of our age and the worthy heir to his father and grandfather's name, but to me something more. He's my strength, my example, my refuge, my confidant, my teacher, my rock, my hero, my dad. Good words, Meghan McCain. Well said. Like I said in my tweet in response to Meghan McCain, we we send our prayers. And I'm mumbling silently, F cancer. And I mean that. Sorry to be so gruff, but I, I sincerely believe that, that, as I explained earlier, that, that our, our, our next moonshot really needs to be cancer. And I'm, I'm also, you know me, I, I'm pushing for anything we can do on the opioid front, but I, I see so many people whose lives are affected by cancer that I really want this to be a target for us. I really want this to be something that we focus significant resources and significant energy on. So why can't we? Why can't it happen? I know, I know, Joe Biden wasn't this supposed to be Joe Biden's thing? Well, maybe there'll be a little bipartisan stuff happening. But, yeah, I'd love to see I'd love to see um, Senator McCain beat this and come roaring back. If you were here earlier, you heard me ask uh, Mike Lee when he was on Uh, John McCain's absence certainly affects any potential vote in the Senate. That's supposed to happen next week on the repeal. I don't think John McCain's going to be getting on a plane anytime soon to bounce back to D.C. to to cast that vote. So that means the, the GOP can't afford to lose any other votes because they've already surrendered Susan Collins. And I suspect there are there are some that are already defecting. But this certainly does change the GOP's plans on health care, doesn't it? Certainly. So we shall see. And, and as, as Mike Lee said, he he didn't know for sure either. He had, to, he had to find out what was going to happen himself. Uh, John McCain, thank you. Thank you for everything you've done for this country, sir. Thank you for every fight you have been in on behalf of those of us who were not there to fight. It is greatly appreciated. I, I am um, I'm energized by the fact that Jimmy Carter had cancer in his brain and managed to survive. And remember, it wasn't that long ago, Jimmy Carter declared himself to be cancer free. And he's still out there in his 90s building houses for Habitat for Humanity. So I'm hopeful. And, And on this program, not long ago, we had a young man named JJ who's fighting the same glioblastoma and had to take a very aggressive experimental treatment. And he's still with us, still struggling. So I, I know that young and old have faced this. And in both cases, they've had, they've had some great successes. And in some cases, some great struggles. So John McCain, again, thank you. I'm going to step aside a couple minutes earlier. When we come back, remember last week we introduced you to uh, Rachel, the conservative mama? And uh, she's the one who gave us the video of the snowflake whose day was ruined by uh, remember the the handshake heard round the world. Remember that? Well, that was the handshake between Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin when she thought there was a, there was a message being sent through blinking. They're communicating through blinking. Well, she's back with a brand new video, and uh, I have to share it with you. Because it is, uh, it's, it's entitled, Thinking of Joining the Democratic Party? Yeah, it's worth a spin from the conservative mama, Rachel. We'll play it for you just around the corner on Pure Opelka.
0: Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka
2: on the Blaze Radio Network.
0: Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: I'm coming back. I'm stepping all over the return music, etc. It is Pure Opelka just around the corner from the dumbest stories of the week. (laughs) I rely on our friend Angie Austin to collect dumb stories, and she'll be joining us after the bottom of the hour. Also, uh, Nevada, the uh, parole board is now deliberating. The four members of the parole board deliberating and they told OJ, you have to leave now and we'll call you back in when we've made our decision. And they, here's how it works. There's four of them in, in uh, Carson City and they all have to agree. Now, if they don't agree, let's say it's four to two or two to two to two or three to one or however it breaks down. Uh, if they can't agree uh, that four of them can say yes, then they have to bring in two alternate votes on another video feed from Las Vegas. It's quite a spectacle, isn't it? It's quite quite a little bit of a entertainment spectacle here. So uh, we'll see. We'll keep an eye on it. O- O.J. got up and uh, walked out of the the parole board meeting room and I have to tell you, he looked every bit of his 70 years. You know, it's, he's still a big guy, but he looked every bit of his 70 years. And I'm sure that the, the, the life in both uh, high school, college, and professional football did not, uh, did not help his body because it, it's got to break down, all that stuff, all those hits over the years. But the guy that, the guy that he robbed, the victim... In this crime actually testified on his behalf so uh, OJ Simpson was uh, was joined by his his daughter and uh, the guy that he robbed the the victim who actually called OJ a good man in fact um, he teared up a little bit when he was talking about it this is a good man he made a mistake And if he called me tomorrow and said, Bruce, I'm getting out, will you pick me up?
5: Juice, I'll be here tomorrow for you. I mean that, though.
2: OJ wipes the tears from his eyes at that moment as the the victim of the crime that OJ was sentenced to 33 years behind bars. The victim, Bruce Fromung is actually saying that he would pick O.J. up if they would let him know. I don't think O.J.'s going to need a ride out of jail. I'm just just saying, but we'll see. We'll know shortly, hopefully before the end of the show. And uh, 50% of you have voted, you think he's going to be paroled. I think he's going to be paroled, but I do think he should be behind the bars forever for killing his ex-wife and an innocent man who just happened to be there. A very unfortunate man Ronald Goldman now when we uh, when we went away I mentioned conservative mama conservative mama you should follow on Twitter you should follow her on uh, YouTube she has a conservative mama YouTube channel but her um, her Twitter handle is con mama C O N M O M M A and uh, she she put out a new video that actually could be about 40 different short videos dropped into any conversation saying, uh, thinking about joining the Democratic Party, here's what we're like. It's very clever.
9: Oh, okay, wonderful. Well, there's just a few things that we go over to make sure that we're on the same page. You mind if I? The more dependence on the government, the better. The government can solve all your problems. Black lives matter, unless you live in Chicago believe in choice
7: <laughs> no we we don't
9: we celebrate diversity unless you're white or a christian or a straight then no we hate corporate america okay <laughs> unless you know it's starbucks or or apple products totally support free speech unless we disagree with what you're saying
2: we- this is rachel she is a um- a woman who at a young age wanted to be an actress and went to California, tried to get into the Hollywood lifestyle and then went, hold on, I cannot do this and ended up in Denver. Uh, She and her husband are raising, I think, I think it's like three or five children. She's very young, but she has a whole, a whole house full of kids. And she decided in watching what's going on in the world that she couldn't sit quietly and she wanted to comment, but she decided to do it via comedy. So she has started to put out videos on a semi-regular basis. What I will saying. feature them as, we don't
9: care. as
2: this one suddenly jumped back live. Here she is giving advice to people who are thinking of joining the Democratic Party.
9: Or How homosexuals or women are treated in other countries. We hate guns. But we're fine if they're glorified in movies. Totally okay to burn the American flag. Totally okay to not stand for the national anthem. It's a baby if you want it, but if you don't, then we just call it a fetus. Hate the rich, but we're fine with the global elite rich ruling us all.
2: Wonderful stuff. I will keep you posted on everything that comes out of the conservative mama's video channel, but if you want to not wait for me, you can always j- just go there and, and check it out yourself. I, I want her to come back on the show again, and I hope, I hope we will get her back soon. She's been very busy now. Apparently, you guys have made her channel grow pretty quickly. So uh, I, this is what we need to do. We need to be sharing information like this with each other. Conservative mama. When, when we get back from the break... Uh, I have to talk about a a young girl who set up a lemonade stand and the jerk who came up and asked her for a business license and said he would call the police if she didn't have one. So uh, th- this story is going to just blow your mind. Plus the uh, dumb stories of the week from our, our friend Angie Austin. And uh, I didn't even get to... My latest update from, um, from Washington, D.C. and from the administration on uh, the New York Times interview given, given by Donald Trump. I have some thoughts I need to share with you on that. And we're going to end the show today with a very special national anthem. So be prepared to stand, remove your hat, and put your hand over your heart. It's uh, mandatory. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Piro Pelka, still waiting to hear if there is a decision from the parole board about o j Simpson, even if they vote yes he he can 't get out till October first, so everybody relax, calm down. The juice is not loose. It was twenty two years It just astounds me twenty two years ago twenty two years ago this happened. All right, let me uh let me before I get to our friend Angie, let me remind you once more about the smartest thing you could do if you are like me. If you start experiencing joint pain from inflammation in your joints, like your knees or your hips, or your lower back, or your neck, if you have that going on, even in some cases, uh like like your wrists, carpal tunnel-y kind of things, if it's inflammation, relief factor might be the answer for you. It was for me. I started taking Relief Factor on April 7th. On April 15th, I stopped taking any over-the-counter medication, and I don't take prescription meds. It is an all-natural anti-inflammatory, and when you reduce the inflammation, you reduce the pain. I'm back out on the golf course. I'm back in the garden, even though I run into the occasional poison oak. I'm walking the new puppy more. It is so easy. Try the three-week quick start pack. It's 19.95. You get a three-week supply. They're pre-packaged. I throw them in my computer bag, and I take them at breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and it has changed everything for me. Get your life back. Use Relief Factor. Call them at 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384, or to get more info, go online to relieffactor.com. All right. She's a friend of mine, and I think she's a friend of yours if you've listened to the show. Uh, my friend Angie Austin from Daybreak USA joins us every week. And you know, usually, here's what happens. Usually I get an email from Angie saying, these are the craziest stories I've found this week. These are the insane stories that you're not going to believe, and I don't know what's going on with the internets today, but um, I I I don't have any email yet. Are from you Angie, sure? So I'm going to have to trust Angie and say, Angie, give let's pick the three craziest and let's go in order from uh, from from number three. And we'll do it like Casey Kasem, counting down the three okay. craziest stories of the week. It's Angie Austin from Daybreak USA. Coming in at number three, Angie, what have you got?
8: Okay, well, Skip, the wife murdered her husband, and the parrot turned her in, because the parrot said, don't blanking shoot in the husband's voice. So now she just got convicted. So we won't do that. Wait, one, wait, okay?
2: wait, wait, wait. You can't skip that story. <laughs> wait a minute. So a woman... A woman <laughs> Uh, a <laughs> wife shoots her husband, right? And the parrot witnessed it and Youted says, her. "and and and did the told the courtroom basically yes. don't shoot, don't voice. effing shoot." But in the voice of the victim, correct, correct, yeah,
8: Martin <laughs> Durham, yeah, yeah, she just she's uh killed her husband. And uh, the, uh, she was, I guess, uh, you know, they just got into some kind of domestic thing. And the, the parrot uh, gave him away. So she was convicted of first-degree murder in a Michigan courtroom. And I, I just saw this one a few minutes ago. I was like, in the parrot's voice, how wild is that? Like your parrot finally comes through for you. But
2: I've got better ones. Listen, wait, wait. I'm, so, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not done with this yet. Okay, how, is this, got better ones. how is this not a law and order already? This is so good.
8: You know, isn't it good? It really is good.
2: Okay, okay. Next, I'm going to okay. save this okay. one because I'm going to go. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to enjoy this one later. Give uh, yeah, coming in at later. number two in terms of dumbest stories of the week.
8: Please don't enjoy this one later. Uh, a man uh, told police after he uh, basically crashed into a Seattle parking garage. Uh, you know, it's not my fault. I took a five, uh, yes, five generic Viagra. That's five times the recommended dose, which I think would make it dangerous to drive anyway. I mean, I don't even know how you operate a vehicle in that condition. But uh, so anyway, he crashes into the parking garage and uh, he tells the police what happened. He's 59 years old uh, at this Mercer Island. Beautiful area, by the way. I mean, that's really yes, a nice. Yes, it area is. To drive around, isn't it? It's beautiful. So uh, he's, uh, he was arrested because apparently what happens, I'm not familiar with how this stuff works, but your blood pressure lowers like your brain. The blood doesn't go to your brain.
2: Well, yeah, that's that's one of the problems with uh, the male plumbing anyway. You know that the, <laughs> there's only so much blood to go around. And so sometimes brain number one loses out to brain number two. Right. right. And, and, and it, that's the the best the way, way I can I explain guess. that.
8: yeah and sudden vision loss and uh yeah there's all because i've heard those warnings but they read them so fast in the commercials like if you have ever had one of these things that will last more than four hours call your doctor you may be lightheaded right
2: well yeah i figured i figured i couldn't understand it because that was a side effect
8: (laughs) right right
2: wait there's one more though there's a kind of coffee they're
8: pulling i guess wait wait wait. i have
2: one i have one more question about this so so sure. this guy allegedly, or he, he confessed that he had taken five of these giant generic Viagra pills, five times yeah. the recommended dosage. So he, what do you, are you arrested for DWB? I, what are you arrested for? Well, they're
8: waiting for blood tests to determine, you know, what was in the man's system. Uh, it doesn't indicate he did not indicate taking any other medications other than these fives so i don't know if he was like racing to his mistress's house or where he was driving in such a hurry that he crashed into the parking garage uh but they said he made statements to officers about taking this generic version of viagra and uh yeah then i i, I don't know what the charges will be i guess until the blood test
2: results come back I'm um, thank you for not pursuing dwb any further but uh, oh, I, I guess let's go to the number one dumb story of the week. Okay, there uh, is a coffee now that they're removing from
8: the market, because imagine you're having a little cup of brew, uh, you know, and it has apparently some herbs in it similar to Viagra, which, again, very embarrassing that you're in the, you know, in the cafeteria at work and, you know, whoopsie-daisy. But I did have a really great story that you've got, at least let me say something. Frontier went after one of my local... Um, Anchorman, and what the Frontier guy said in the letter is mind blowing. Wait a minute,
2: the Fr- yeah, Frontier okay. Airlines. Yeah. Yes. So what? What happened? Do I have time? Can I tell you? It's yes, really yes. good.
8: OK, so Frontier made these announcements that they're going to have all of these extra flights, so they made a couple of their employees stand with a banner. So it's just like putting it like you know, on the wall. these poor employees had to stand there. So Kyle Clark, one of the uh, NBC anchormen in Denver, kind of made fun of it. He worked at Nine News. And he said it was funny that like, with all the complaints they get that these hardworking flight attendants had to stand there and hold a banner while executives made speeches. So that made um, Jim Faulkner really mad that Kyle made fun of them. Jim Faulkner has a professional title, Head of Corporate Communications for Frontier. Listen to what he wrote to Kyle. Kyle, you're a jerk. Then he goes on to say, don't make fun of the employees, you can make fun of us. I'm guessing you have some kind of short man's disease since your level is pretty low. (laughs) Then he goes on and makes fun of his picture. And he says, uh, first of all, were you standing on a milk crate so the camera could get your face? Did your golden retriever die before you took the picture? I'm surprised your high school letterman's jacket isn't in the background. So then he goes on and says, in addition to being a jerk, uh, you're also a hypocrite. And it says Jim Faulkner, and he is the head of corporate communications. So Kyle writes back. May I read you
2: a little bit of the response? Hold on. This is a back and forth? Yes. Oh, this. So, so Kyle responded?
8: Yes. Oh, you don't know Kyle. Kyle responded. Have that. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. He wrote, uh, he wrote back. So after he got the Kyle, you're a jerk. So he wrote back and he said, hi, Jim. Thank you for your thoughtful feedback that I am a jerk with self-esteem issues rooted in insecurity about my height. By the way, he's 5'11. Just thought I'd throw that in there. I don't think that's a that short. <laughs> so, anyway, just my personal commentary. Okay. My commentary didn't make fun of your employees, quite the opposite. It sympathized with them. My commentary sympathized with their plight, taking a break from dealing with some of America's least satisfied air passengers in order oh. to stand as props, holding a banner while an executive went on for more than five minutes. So then he goes on to say, what the commentary did have fun with was customer frustration with the fee-based model. And then he goes on to say, your choice of having employees stand awkwardly in front of TV cameras while executives made speeches. At no point did I make fun of your employees. Here's the last one. Your choice to respond with a stri- string of ad hominem insults about my appearance, height, facial expression, etc., is unfortunate, but provides a great insight into the executive culture at Frontier. Wishing you the best, Kyle.
2: Ooh, that's a good burn. But he's right. He's right. Kyle may have been snarky, but he didn't attack he the employees. No, he didn't. And Frontier responded again. Oh, how, wait, OK, I got a minute left. How did
8: Frontier respond? The VP of marketing said, Mr. Faulkner's inappropriate comments regarding Mr. Clark do not reflect the views of Frontier Airlines. It was a misplaced way of defending comments made about our employees on Mr. Clark's show last night. I and mean, then it should say, Mr.
2: Faulkner, Faulkner
8: no longer works here. It doesn't say that, though.
2: <laughs> oh, wow. I love it when... When the news and big companies get into it together in a very public manner, this is this is good stuff. But um, good you you flew past the second to last story so quickly. What was the name of that coffee? Oh, yeah,
8: the coffee. Well, you going to invest in it. I don't know if it's uh, gone public yet. The coffee, Texas coffee company recalling uh, Best Herbs Coffee, which sounds like something they'd sell in Colorado anyway. Best Herbs Coffee. It's making people a little, you know, uncomfortable at work. It has a Viagra effect.
2: I'm 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 just curious about this, Angie. I'm am going to have to do some more research on this. I, I guess. Yeah,
8: distributed uh, in J- uh, July of 2014, all the way through June of 2016. So check your packages. I what?
7: mean,
2: never mind. So, just so I I can't believe you just told us to have people check their package.
9: I'm of coffee.
2: Oh, okay. I'll let it go. Thank you
9: on daybreakusa.com angie austin on
2: Facebook. thank you angie daybreakusa.com we appreciate you have a great day <laughs> there she goes oh i gotta check in with the boss do i still have a job and here i go we'll be right back you're listening to
0: pure opelka with mike opelka on the blaze radio network
1: This is Pure Pelka with Mike Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Well, they're giving O.J. Simpson his decision as we speak, and I don't know if uh, I've got the volume down. I don't know if it's yes or no, and, and maybe we'll see. We'll find out what the heck is happening by looking at O.J.'s face. They, they seem to be kind of positive with him. They seem to be saying that he was a model prisoner, and that uh, things were looking good and that he had, he had lived up to everything that, uh, that they had asked him to do. So we'll see. Uh, but, uh, but I have other things to get to. I told you there was a story out of San Francisco and a story that kind of ticked me off. It was about a young girl who set up a lemonade and cookie stand. But it was on public property near her house. She just wanted to sell lemonade and cookies. That's what she told her parents. She said, "Uh, I want to do this. And they said, okay, you can try it for an hour. While she was setting up, a man came up to her and said, where's your business license? Where's your business license? If you don't have a business license, I'm calling the police. And he held up his cell phone as if he were talking to the police. This is a young girl, probably nine years old. She got scared and ran home crying and sobbing. She came home and her father said, what's wrong, honey? And she said, some man said he was going to call the police. So her dad and she went out to the edge of their property and set up another lemonade stand on the street. And I'm sure the jerk could see it. Dad says we ran out of cookies and had just enough lemonade for the last two police officers who came by to buy some lemonade and cookies. You don't have to be a jerk, you know, especially with a young kid. How about you just take care of a child and and inspire somebody to do good? Before we get out of here, I'm going to try and squeeze this in. Uh, Doc Thompson played it, talked about it. It's from uh, the young lady who used to be a pussycat doll and she recorded a version of the National Anthem and is giving every dime to veterans. Her name is Kaya Jones and uh, you can buy it on iTunes. I suggest you buy it but I suggest you stand with your hand over your heart as we give you a taste of Kaya Jones' National Anthem.
9: Oh say can you early light What so friendly we hail At the twilight's last gleaming Whose bronze stripes and bright stars Through the pale?
2: Buy it and help the vets. Kaya Jones, I apologize for cutting you off, but we're up against the hard wall. God bless America. God bless our vets. Testudo, my friends. Testudo.
0: Pure Opelka.
1: With Mike Opelka. On the Blaze Radio Network.